0: I uh, try to get in yet. Tax the ridge.
1: We're
2: kicking off the old program on a on the new time on a new day new time new day yep new day and a new time we're going to have a two-hour show today as opposed to the little abbreviated get together we had yesterday for only an hour to keep sync with the rest of the world in its constant changing and stuff here we go with the radio ranch your two hours of stimulating intellectual oriented we try conversation, social intercourse, if you will. Chris is on already with us on his new alternate phone there. And uh, let me just say that it is the Radio Ranch and the People's Patriot Network. And here we are in the thick, in the midst of the early coronavirus pandemic. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Is it a virus-free day for you today?
0: So far, it's a little cloudy overcast here in the Las Vegas area, but Mm. I did take note that uh, Trump supposedly made some sort of financial intervention to quell the chaos in the market, supposedly. Well, uh is we'll deal with it and everybody.
1: Well
2: there's a bunch of chaos in the market, that's for certain, yesterday. And I, I thought it was probably the biggest day, but they said it wasn't. I think there was a bigger day down in two oh eight. Uh, maybe one one other one, not too many other days that are down two thousand points and today it's up five hundred. Uh, Gold's being held in a 640 to 660 range, if possible. Uh, Interestingly enough, something really significant did happen uh, the other day. There briefly, when uh, gold went over 1,700 in the overnight, and uh, according to Mike Malloy, uh, it was uh, the gold to silver ratio went over 100. It went 100.1 when, that, when gold spiked like that. So uh, for people that watch these markets, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows about this, but the basics here are that the gold and silver ratio in the way that God produces it, in other words, the way it's found in the ground, is about a 15 to 1 ratio on normal uh, if I, my memory's right. Uh, and so just for a smidge the other day, it went over a hundred to one. Now there've been a lot of people uh, among the years I saw it advocated years ago. If you could, uh, do it and have been doing it on a long-term basis, you, you buy silver when, you know, when it's cheap and then when it goes up and the ratio changes, you just sell your silver and buy gold. And you can accumulate a bunch of gold just playing the gold and silver ratio, okay, over time if you're smart. And uh, so that's kind of significant. Um, no telling. I saw something about uh, there was some kind of uh, a meeting Trump was trying to have, and I just saw this right before the show, Trump was trying to have with uh, Pelosi, and she's off on vacation or something and going to be able to have the meeting and the market uh, reacted. So we'll see. It's the same old games, you know. Uh, and uh, But, boy, this is in a big-time arena now. The Democrats, by not cooperating with this, they, to me, assure their destruction this fall.
0: Well, uh, I think it's pretty frivolous to think that your avowed enemy that wants to destroy you, that prays for your destruction every day and claims she's praying for you, uh, it is pretty insane to think that she's going to play nice with you. You cannot play nice with terrorists. That's a uh, truism that we've been talking about for well, so a long time.
2: What shows so blatantly through, and even to the uneducated and some even unaware, is that they care more about their party and their agenda than they do about the country. Okay? And, and the country's getting in such desperate shape in so many crucial areas that a lot of people are starting to get very concerned. I mean, look what's happening in California, man. I mean, it's it's all up and down the West Coast. I guess the coronavirus is probably that may be. And I hate to, I I feel sorry for those people that are in those situations. Okay, uh, but um, you know what my mom says all the time is "Bloom where you're planted." Bloom. Well, that
0: makes good sense because other areas are foreign and not uh, usual for your environment. So it would probably make sense to try to operate where you grew up because it's easier there than it is in other place. No acclimation involved.
2: True that. True that, as they say. So unfortunately, uh, it would appear if this coronavirus thing is as effective on old people who have there's three different conditions uh one of them is heart problem the other is diabetes and then there's another one that they were i can't remember which one the third one was uh that you're very susceptible to being checked out with this thing and i would imagine that probably a huge percentage of the homeless population in these cities fit the one of those three criteria If not, if not all of them,
0: right? There's a third class too, and that's the opposition voices, the dissidents that they want to disappear uh, under the rubric that they have coronavirus. Whether they do or not, gives a perfect pretext to uh, drag them out, throw them in, bag them, and tag them.
2: Well, there certainly is a a martial law and a control element here. We're seeing it in China, uh, in uh, once again uh, the thing to do is to come out of her and get in a position where you're not susceptible to that. So uh, wherever that is, uh, some part of the d- domestic U.S. or uh, if you have the ability to leave. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of news that's breaking, and uh, there's some really, really interesting things happening. And, you know, if you look at this this virus deal, uh, there's a couple of real hot pockets around the world, obviously China. Iran got saturated with it. One of the head guys' advisors either died or had it. A whole bunch of the upper echelon command structure there in Iran's got it. And that raises suspicions right off the bat to me. Now, the other pocket. Yeah, the other pocket. That uh, I'm just talking from all these years, the sixth sense stuff. The other pocket that is the one that sticks out, and what I've learned over the years is you always look at exceptions. Anytime you're looking at something, and it's always this except for this one here, you always look at the one and why. Okay? There's a lot of answers there I've found over the years. All right? And this is the exception here Italy. Now, Italy had been given the eu a bunch of problems they've had a lot of of, of political power in the the five star movement the them wanting to go in and get all italy's gold back from the from the private italian central bank uh and causing a lot of ruckus and putting these guys up in the spotlight they've been in a in a real spotlight with the immigration because italy juts down there in the mediterranean and they can run these uh, uh, these immigrants in there easier than there and in Spain. That's the two easy parts uh, where they can easily access the bottom, the should we say, the soft underbelly of Europe, okay? And so Italy's been real prima facie in that whole aspect of this, and they're putting their backs up and saying no more and all that kind of stuff. So Italy is kind of a real burr in the saddle, of the EU with these political things they're trying to uh, uh, do and achieve certain ends. So why Italy? Uh, and man, Italy's closed. Italy is closed. There are no sporting events. There were no carnival events. It's totally quarantined the whole country.
0: Well, if you don't want to be invaded with the coronavirus or anything else of migrant distributed chaos Uh, Closing your borders makes perfect sense. Of course, not closing them is kind of senseless, and it certainly suggests that you have more nefarious or you're very, very naive at the very best, and that's pretty unlikely in this day and age that anybody could not have some suggestion that keeping people that are infected out makes sense.
2: Well, of course, it makes sense, but there's another aspect here that popped up on our little uh, WhatsApp forum this morning. Somebody that I don't know stuck this uh, um, this article up here, and it's from A- AIM Truth Bits. Is the name of the website uh, Truth Bit. That's kind of something blog thing thing. Anyway, I'll post it at the end of posting today's show. i have a little bit more time today because we're on the new time schedule, which for me means we start an hour earlier. And uh, I'm it finished at noon, and that's really the design of the show was to be a, a late morning, mid-morning show. And then when we get into the time change of the year, it shifts it into early afternoon. So anyway, this is the first day of the new time, and I'll have a little bit more time to get things done that I have to do when we finish getting together here. Uh, but this is a very interesting article. What, what were you going to say, Chris? I was
0: just going to say I think we started here on Sunday when we spring forward.
2: Yeah, but I didn't know oh, about back it. Back. Uh, yeah, but see, you on weren't here. You weren't here yesterday, and I didn't know. See, Ecuador doesn't change times. I have to change times with everything I do because it relates to the U.S., so for the average right. Ecuadorian, nothing happened. Okay. There was nothing on the news. There was nothing in the newspaper. There's nothing. It's just like two, two or three days ago. All right. But for me, I woke up Sunday and didn't know the change had happened. It wasn't referenced anywhere, anything that I saw over the weekend, which it usually is. And uh, I just didn't catch it. So I came on an hour late. We had an abbreviated show yesterday and I didn't even post it on Castbox just because it was just kind of what it was, you know. Anyway, uh, let's get back to this article because this is another facet on the Italian conversation we were having. This is from AIM Truth Bits. It's a very interesting article, I thought, and I haven't gotten into reading except a little bit of the first couple of paragraphs. So we'll at least get into that. This should perk your attention, and it's more of, hey, why the Italians, A, and B, the worldwide rise raise in consciousness that the population of the world is experiencing mainly because of the internet a and because b the situation getting so critical on the other side that they're finally damn waking up and starting to ask questions okay italy blows the lid off the vaccine scam i'm gonna italy blows the lid off the vaccine scam Will no longer poison citizens with globalist eugenics. Okay, let me see. Wow, let me get this type a little bit bigger, and because now I got it's earlier in the morning, and I got more backlight on my computer because the window's right behind me. It's that time of day. It makes things a little more difficult. Here's the meat of the article quote: Italy sacked its vaccine scammers. And put in their place 100% new people who are not part of the globalist conspiracy to destroy people with vaccines. And then subsequently and practically immediately discovered that the vaccines have absolutely nothing they are advertised for, which begs the question, what the hell is really in those shots? Now, that was a quote at the start of that, and I guess this is a whole article. It didn't close the quote anywhere. So you got the sense from the first paragraph. Vaccine advocacy, vaccine advocacy group, Corvelva. And it's spelled C O R, and then like Velveeta. V E L V A. Corvelva. Corvelva. So the vaccine advocacy boy, I have trouble with that one. The vaccine advocacy group, Corvelva, mm-hmm. say that ten times, which is not compromised, spearheaded Italy's investigation into the vaccine scam. The eugenicists are Up in arms over Corvelva, (laughs) a vaccine advocacy group appointed, now get this, appointed by the Italian government to investigate the vaccines, which has now received over $50,000 in funding to test all the vaccines and see if they are scams and hmm. and more the eugenicists are upset about where and the capital letters of the whole word where the funding is coming from hyphen top italian medical science teams are funding corvelva's effort unlike What this Scott article implies in its heading and subsequently tries to state by claiming quote-unquote scientists are questioning the Italian government's actions, that the Italian government is off its rocker, that's not what the headline should be. Here is what the headline should be. Five NWO approved science scammers are protesting a vaccine safety investigation being conducted by Italy's real top scientists who are rapidly and easily uncovering the truth about what the current childhood vaccines really are and that they are not vaccines at all. That they are something else entirely. Let us ah. let us read on just a bit. I haven't gotten this deep in the article here. If it gets redundant and stuff, we'll stop reading it. But for right now, don't you think this is interesting? Where else in the world has this been? Where else in the world, name me one other spot in the world where the government has sponsored the people going as bird dogs after the bad guys. Where else is that happening? I can't think of anywhere recently. Okay, so I can't either. That's why I wanted to firmly make the point. As it turns out, All it takes to find out what is really in those vaccines is to break rank, seize a sample of what is being injected into the children, put it in a real lab that is not compromised by kikes, and voila! Suddenly, it is known that the vaccines are not at all what they claim to be. You can't do that in the United States, my point. No parent is allowed to walk out the door with a shot that has not been injected into their kids. Take it to a lab, test it. This is not allowed. Why? Italy just got the answer. The MSM is holding this topic by the gills at arm's length like a dreaded diseased fish because of what Corvelva has found that the vaccines really don't have anything they're advertised for and are instead full of scams, scum probably, pus, no telling what all they're putting in those stuff, okay? Uh, And they're going to be trying to inject more into them here with this uh, coronavirus thing. You can't find a legitimate MSM report on this topic. Instead, the reports are all slander, calling Italians stupid, backwards, conspiratorial, against, quote-unquote, established (laughs) science, and anything else that they can muster. And they have to, because the vaccine eugenics programs are one of their greatest treasures. With carefully... I
0: would point out, Roger, that eugenics is just a fluffy word for mass motorers. Sure. Uh, whenever we look at these injections for infection posed as vaccines or vaccines or vaccines, the case may be, uh, we really do have a responsibility to protect our children and to be able to inspect the black box ones inside and to have tier three, tier three scientific expert labs that, operate on the real science and not pseudoscience or witchdoctage, as they say, in Kumo versus Carmichael, and actually see what's in there because what's in there might be causing the sicknesses that they are supposed to protect against. And to give one injection for flu, what about the other 27 varieties of flu that are in that particular vaccine, how can it have any efficaciousness?
2: Well, I'll answer your question by going back to the primary reasons for the pro- for the program. People who are considered to be property, like cows in the back pasture, don't have the right to do all those things that you just eliminated. Your cow, if you go out in the back pasture and and do something, vaccinate your cow. He ain't sitting there going, "Show me the black box warning." Okay uh... sorry and that's the problem that we have is you don't put things in the context that they are and this goes back primarily to sun Tzu and knowing your enemy see you not only got to know who it is you got to know how they think and when you can start thinking like they think then they're beatable until you do you can't it's quite simple it's been around for a few thousand years Chris, did I just lose you? Not me. I heard somebody else that time in. Well, no, you didn't because I didn't answer anybody's phone. I don't know what happened, and I'm trying to work on two computers here reading this article to you guys and all that kind of stuff and having this dialogue. So, anyway, I won't get any deeper into that. Uh, I'll post it at the end of the show description there today, and I thank whoever posted it in our little WhatsApp group, Uh, and that's a good heads up. Uh, and it's an interesting question, is this more of why Italy is targeted? Because obviously, Italy, you know, they are not the Austrians aren't even letting the Italians into Austria anymore. they got the border closed. You know, my situation, and, and this is how quickly this thing is developing and can affect you. Let's see here if there's anything new on the uh, – I would think you've got a lot more people at home. I think some of you folks would want to check in and – Tell us what's going on in coronavirus in your area. Um, While you're looking at this,
0: but, uh, it was particularly
2: stunning to me when
0: I heard someone, I don't remember exactly the scenario I was in when I heard it, but they were talking about the first guy that came up with the theory that uh, injecting something was going to cure something or let you develop your immunities. And it, appears they were out in the fields on a farm and they were taking the pussy sores off of cattle and scraping that stuff in a bottle and and injecting it into people to find out how it would affect them. I mean, that can't turn out good in my estimation, but uh, that was their uh, rubric they were operating from. And it certainly is bizarre that somebody could be so twisted they think pus could have beneficial effects to a person just because it uh, oozes from a wound.
2: Well, you know, I mean, it's, they did some pretty weird things back in those days. You know what they used to do with, like, people that had gangrene and stuff? That type of wound, you know?
0: Well, they cut them off. But well, they sure. do.
2: They certainly did do that. But trying to save the limb, they would put maggots in the wound. I don't know if you've ever been out in the woods and stumbled on some kind of dead yarn That's what my mom used to call it, some kjarn out there, some roadkill or something that the maggots are crawling all over of. And there's hundreds of them, and they're just absolutely taking that carcass down to the bone. Well, they'd take those maggots and go put them on your foot. Uh, That's still a viable treatment for some infections. I mean, listen, I know it is, okay, but it's just repulsive, like bleeding people. Uh, By the way, I was having a conversation with our good mutual friend Harvey Weissong yesterday, last evening, and um, I'm going to schedule Harvey next Tuesday, and he's going to do a whole thing on coronavirus. And listen, Stem Cell Ultra our stem cell product has, has got I got an article off zero head yesterday I'm going to read a bit of it here and take a little of his thunder away from next week but this is directly related to stem cells in the second stage if this thing morphs okay if it morphs and it probably will I'm thinking that it gets people because it goes down into their lungs and destroys the lungs' ability to remanufacture stem cells at the most delicate part. That's what I got from reading the article. Uh, So it may be that Stem Cell Ultra comes in and plays a real important part here for for somebody. Okay, so I got that article separated over there. I wanted to touch on it today, but I did want to announce that Harvey uh, will be here next tuesday and we're going to talk about that uh and uh they also don't forget we got thursday we got doc harmony our uh, mine and jack's and several other folks here maybe old friend from the atlanta group and she's going to talk about uh well for one thing is she's found a place that cures cancer i'm sure it's out of the country she lives in costa rica and uh, uh we'll find out more on thursday is all i know uh, we'll probably talk about coronavirus, what she's doing, general conversation, that kind of stuff. But she is scheduled for Thursday, day after tomorrow. Hopefully, Paul will be with us tomorrow, and uh, then Harvey next Tuesday. So we're getting some th- ex- expertise here uh, and insight into these uh, well potentially serious problems. This thing's developing incredibly. I, what I was going to say a minute ago, Chris, is you know last Monday, if you'll remember this monday we missed an hour last monday i missed two hours because i had to go on that stupid immigration trek down the other side of quito so i could you know get up early go up meet somebody go the other end of of quito which about a 30 45 minute drive go to the immigration new building which they intentionally placed in the other end of town down there and uh wait around bypass a, a line of a Approximately 150 people waiting to see two clerks up there and go over to the side so I could stand in front of some immigration official for less than a minute with my attorney while they spoke Spanish and I didn't utter a single word that's why we didn't have a show the Monday before last and in that incident it was if you remember me telling you about it I've overstayed my temporary visa so now I'm illegal again i'm used to it after nine years of being that way in argentina for the most part but here i'm illegal again i'm trying to be legal uh and so i've missed it by a few months so i'm illegal by a few months well their problem is bureaucratically they can't do something legal extend my my permanent residency to a guy that's here illegally which i can understand there's a there's a contradiction there all right but uh yet what i may have to do is take off another day, I guess I could do it on a weekend, Uh, pop up a couple hours above us there, go to Columbia, walk across the border, get my, my passport stamped, come back, and then they'll process my permanent residency. So that may be what I have to do, and that just happened a little over a week ago. Now we find out that because ecuador's got some people with the virus now colombia is is mandating a doctor's visit and some sort of paper that that you that you're virus free before they'll let you get into colombia <laughs> from ecuador so now that problem's facing us and as they said on tv last night you could go get a doctor and go get tested at the lab and not have it and two days later have it because it's been sitting there, you had it, and it was incubating. So the whole thing is topsy turvy, and uh, that just one backlash. And the important thing about that story is that's happened in in eight days. So this thing's moving moving pretty rapidly, and uh, it's going to touch all of us directly or indirectly um it's going to have a great effect on the world unless you know it's not all negative there's going to be some real positive things happening out of this but one thing homes homeschooling kids maybe now because the schools are going to be closed don't forget we're going to be dealing with this for three to five years folks okay now that the schools are closing in mass in some towns uh, somebody's going to get on the internet and come up with a good homeschooling curriculum program, and maybe it'll shift the uh some of the propaganda mills over back to some. Uh, for best thing is to make sure they aren't using the software that these creeps create for them. Okay, uh, you can imagine they're probably already working on that, but the good news well, you know, is I looked, they're out of the schools. Do what I was going to say the good thing is, at least in some areas, the schools are closed. You know, that's a really, you almost have to admit, that's probably a good thing.
0: Absolutely. If you've got a potential pandemic or demonic, as the case may be, developing, uh, shutting places that people aggregate closely together and transmit viruses is probably a sensible plan. And, you know, they, they have the White House soirees and the, CPAC conferences for people supposedly got exposed, and this and that. So it's a real general consideration if you have a potential dangerous virus. But to the homeschool situation, there have been a number of American homeschools, and there's different groups, the LDS Church, so on and so forth. A lot of them put out really great homeschool materials that are not part of the uh, government-controlled school system. To actually teach people how to read, write, and count, and decipher and think uh, clearly and be discerning thinkers as opposed to rote learning of the government's diatribe. Well,
2: let's hope so. It's going to be real interesting. I guess we, you know, it. Uh... They're going. They're going to use. And I heard some some guy, uh, you know, very knowledgeable in this area, and it's saying last night. I think it was watching Tucker Carlson saying this is really the last defense they've got to start quarantining people and staying away from, uh, you know, public places. Some of the stuff they're talking about is real serious. Okay, I mean, closing the New York City subways. Four and a half million people ride that every day. You imagine what that'd do to the streets of New York to close the subways?
0: Ooh, the lots.
2: Um, you know, I, that's what I'm saying. Some of the uh, even potential repercussions. Some big uh, train that runs from New York to Baltimore or some or someplace, one of those main high speed rails uh, connection systems. There is closed down. It's not running. They're talking about uh, uh, canceling. Uh, what? Uh, uh, who, who was it? Who was his wife is a nurse? It was Jim. Yesterday, Jim Ram. You weren't you weren't around yesterday, Chris, and the abbreviated show there we had. But uh, Jim Ram's wife is uh, evidently a nurse and uh, they had to cancel some big worldwide nursing conference in L.A. Uh, and, and because they couldn't afford the nurses getting exposed to mass contaminated, the ones that are going to take care of a bunch of these people around from around different parts of the world, so the, there's all kinds of interesting repercussions to it, you know. Well, you Let know, me,
0: Las Vegas being a convention, oh hub, shit, yeah, man. in many places. Uh, it seems to me that eventually that's going to start impacting the convention trade business. And that has exponential financial fallout of economic proportions that most people couldn't comprehend.
2: I'll bet it already that they're already talking about and coordinating with a bunch of those convention people that have because they plan those things pretty good while in advance. Generally, it takes a lot of planning, planning to set up one of them shindigs. Uh, but I'm imagining you could probably count on a bunch of that stuff being canceled okay, uh, so it's gonna have dramatic uh economic consequences. We don't know yet it's still very interesting. The proposal that they put this out there to have cover for the crash of the economy. they're not playing it like they have very like they're playing it that way, okay, they're fighting it every step of the way, and you can see what they've been doing with gold now we mentioned yesterday that um I had heard Sunday on a Jim Willie uh new it's over on SGT Reports, uh I think Sean over there, whatever his name is, interviewing Jim Willie. I hadn't had him on there in a while. And uh Willie was saying one of his sources, this ties into what we've been talking about here for some time. One of his uh quote unquote high level sources said that banks have set up a mechanism where they're using a a double bookkeeping operation where they have an intermediary set of books and the other end of the deal is being run by somebody who's arm's length uh, and they're dumping treasury bonds and buying gold. Now, that's a reason why they're keeping, one of the reasons why they're keeping gold low. Now, what's the other side of that equation? Who, Who in the world wants gold high? China, China and Russia and the other countries that have been hoarding it and holding it and buying it, okay? Uh, So you got that equation playing out. Uh, Willie says that the Chinese and the Russians, and I don't remember if he included the Japanese or not, But that they he he, speculating is what he's doing. That they uh, have a plan to take the Comex down by skyrocketing the price of gold, making it higher, and and, and Comex and all their shenanigans. Of you know, if you join Comex and want to take gold out, you know, instead of rolling it, rolling your paper and your contracts or taking cash settlements, if you want to take gold out, they won't do business with you. They'll tell you to go somewhere
0: They might not to do with paper because they can't handle all that heavy gold. And besides that, that's the real stuff. they got to keep that off the books.
2: That's right. So uh, anyway, that's a lot of interesting stuff. It's real. We've been preaching around here for some time and uh, it, that, uh, you know, it's probably wise to have some all of it, really. Um, it, the, in the old days when you used to hear the from your financial advisor if you ever had one or you pick it up on different tv commercials you know don't keep your eggs in one basket that's the old cliche but back then all the baskets were made out of paper and i don't want to keep mine in paper baskets so get some in bonds some in stocks some in this some in that but it was all paper-based somebody else's liability and after we've moved over into the hard paper hard currency realm of things, we always had access to the metals. but now with the with the cyber coins, you got access to some you know pretty decent cyber coins, which it says right here one of the new headlines on uh, on zero hedge is Bitcoin tested as a safe haven after the biggest stock crash since twenty nine now it was about mid sevens yesterday seven six uh i noticed right before the show it had up right around 8000 a little over so we're going to see about bitcoin but i think it's wise to have some of all of it because at least these are all all you know you, you the baskets you're putting them in are good heavy well made baskets they're not flimsy paper and it probably is wise to have diversified somewhat in all of these hard currency hard money options that we have access to now and I hope you've done it. I think those of us who have will be rewarded richly at some point. Um by the way, Carrot Bars is coming along strong. Uh Harold, you know, they've made it through uh the big hit last year with the big theft uh and they've got several new additions to the system that are going to be coming online between now and June. Uh Harold I just saw a short video on it over the weekend and uh i told you like i told you carrot bars will make it okay uh very solid they've made it through a couple of incidents this one in last year and then the one early on with the russian mafia where they slipped a bug into the processing system over at the processing center and went back in and did a fake recall, a fake rebate on at least 150 that $10,000 packages and stole the money. I know it was at least 150. It was probably more. That's a million and a half cool cash right out of the cash drawer you don't have to operate on anymore. And they made it through that. Ouch. And they made it through this one, which was considerably larger than that one. Okay. So, and the reason is cuz they're a solid company, they're good honest people, they've got a genuine concern and care about what they're doing, I believe, and they've got because of their track record tremendous support from a certain corporate entities forces in Germany, one of the most active economies in the world, okay? And uh, they've got a lot at stake on seeing the world have hard money options and get these damn users out of the picture of running things all over the globe where we're seeing the results. I think the biggest thing for me, Chris, about this thing as it develops is it's just the ironclad nail in the coffin for globalism. Globalism's done.
0: Well, it is potential that the... um untimely rollout of this coronavirus and the financial consequences that are connected to it uh, at least cursorily, are outside their realm of preparation and off their schedule and they don't like things going off the schedule they like it very tightly scheduled on their terms and when it goes outside their terms it causes them
3: angst
2: whoa Whoa, Biden is is melts down at somebody in the in a campaign setting saying you're full of ship high in transit when he's confronted on uh, his plan to take guns. Uh, that whole circus. We didn't even talk about that. I mean, it's just entertaining to watch. Like Barnum and Bailey is this uh, this Biden. The Biden senility tour.
0: Well, Roger, it's my contention that Biden and Bernie both are untenable candidates, both of them. There might be some sort of Hillary in the woodpile behind the thing. But being that Trump, you know, he's certainly better than Hillary. <laughs> he wasn't their guy in the first place. And so. Uh, If you're wanting to drive him into Trump, so he can finish his mission on a second-lane duck farm, that's exactly what I'd do, is I'd put a whole bunch of crazy lunatics up there so people would be forced to run into the arms of where I wanted them to go. Don't throw me in that bar, Patrick, please.
2: I keep flashing on the Beatles' magical mystery tour here, the Joe Biden's senility tour. How do you like that one, Daryl?
4: I like it a lot. It's uh <laughs> there's sort of a uh, sort of a beautiful sort of uh <clears throat> you know lovely irony to the demented experiencing dementia. And
2: uh, <laughs> I just got the theme song. I uh, got the melody so- line. Ta-da, line mm-hmm. up for the mystery tour. Ta-da.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 about as good as that uh, little ditty where uh, they uh they rejiggered it, and it's uh, you know the theme song is my, Cor- my corona. Yeah, yeah, my corona. You yeah. know that's that's pretty cute. Very, very, uh, very. Uh, what was that guy that always did those uh, knockoffs on uh, Weird Al Yankovic? Yeah. Um, uh, I wonder if I wonder if he was a uh, a uh, one one of the tribe. Kind of sounds like he might have been. But, we, we um,
2: had back in those days when that yeah. record was out. You know what label that was on? I, that's the kind of stuff I relate to generally with songs, and I yeah. know you don't. It's a rhetorical question. It was not. on Capitol Records, and the Capitol Records rep that's there in Atlanta had been the Capitol Records rep for about over twenty years, and he was a legend, and his name was Gene Rumpel, and his nickname was Gino. Everybody called him Gino, and he was about six foot three or four had. Had kinky red hair like a like something you'd see out of the circus. And I'm not kidding you, Daryl. This is the single funniest individual I've ever been around in my entire life. He missed his calling on being a stand-up comedian because, man, he was funny. And he did really yeah. zany stuff. And there are some... Gene Rumpel stories, I promise you, that still circulate in the Atlanta record industry from the stuff he did back in those
4: days. Yeah, yeah. I I can appreciate that. Uh, I can remember when that record you know, was I, out, I, My I'd Sharona. Like, yeah, See, I ahead.
2: remember because we'd all meet and we'd have to go to the radio stations and we'd all get to hang around together every Monday at two or three different radio stations. And I remember when My Sharona came out because it was one of those records. Capital did a great job on it. I mean, it was just an overnight smash. Bam, every radio station in the country was playing it. And it was a pretty big hit. And uh, that's a nice little uh uh turn on it to turn yeah. it into my corona
4: <laughs> it fits yeah. perfect well you know it's it's easy to play it's yeah. it's easy to play with it uh you know you you mentioned something there uh, a couple moments ago sort of uh inspired me to hit the uh call button there it's um it's uh <clears throat> you you made reference to the globalists and um uh, I, uh, I, I, you know, I like to chew on these things. So, uh, well, what is the globalist? Well, it's uh, it's uh, free traders, okay? That's globalism. Free traders, and neoliberal economics, and and until until you can really sort of get your mind around uh, these terms, you can't really put the history of your life. If you're our age group, in perspective, uh, so who who was a who was a neoliberal? Well, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan, he's a neoliberal. Uh, it, Margaret Thatcher, neoliberal. Uh, th- this is this is important to understand for people in our age group, particularly in our age group, uh, so you can see. Uh, where you came from if you understand where you came from you might appreciate more where you're at have a better compass a sense of direction uh this this uh this whole these these events uh, i call them these events uh are uh, a convergence these are a convergence of events which, when you pull far enough back, you see a process. Now, the process, once uh, deployed and implemented, is leveraging and self-replicating. It becomes the the virus becomes viral, and it uh, force multiplies upon itself. Now, they are going to ride that force multiplication like a wave and uh as 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 you voice said and i agree and there's other examples of it it's harder you know to push a string than to pull it uh you know snowballs avalanches generally go downhill of their own force so as as this starts to affect these events tar- start to gather momentum they converge and they uh <clears throat> Are self-sustaining over a period. Uh, I'm not just talking about the virus. I'm talking about people's perceptions. Uh, I'm just listening to you and Chris talk, and uh, I appreciate what you're saying. And it's interesting to note that our our perceptions, even us, our our perceptions are being managed at this very moment. You have to be conscious. This is a this is a perfect example where people need to step back and learn objectivity. Yep. And because you, you will, your, your perceptions will be uh, 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 manipulated or managed or your perception, your, just your perceptions. And then uh, this, you, you'll think you're thinking, but actually you're feeling and you'll start to do things on your feelings instead of your thinking. And uh, this is, I, I know i sort of taken a sideline here, but I, I'm coming at this from a different point of view. Uh, I'm I'm coming at this like uh, I was sitting in the cockpit, and I have a uh, a, ma- a red master warning light, and several other annunciators coming on. And now I'm I'm in the process of problem solving, and instead of reacting, and uh, this is an ex- excellent example for people to check themselves. Okay, so. Just saying. No, well, I agree. And there you go. Yeah, it's. Uh, I saw it yeah. referred to on
2: an article on Zero Hedge yesterday as a collision of black swans. I don't know if you saw that. Had a nice little picture. Um, yeah which I saved for use at some point. I like to save pictures, I find, on the Internet with interesting stuff like that, and it was a real good one on that article, and I thought it was very appropriate and very descriptive because that's kind of what it is. Yeah. You, you can't imagine. I, well, I don't well, know. Maybe I'm wrong here. Yeah. Do you think that these guys were anticipating this uh, this virus coming on the scene? Because it doesn't seem like they were. it was planned for. Let's see, Bob wants to join us. I'll get him back. Yeah, well, I,
4: I sort of, uh, to, to address that question, uh, at, at this point, I, I lean more towards that they did see it coming. And, uh, uh, and their actions, actions subsequent to it ha- having happened uh, indicate to me, uh, give, give more support to this idea that they did see it coming. Uh, I, I sort of take exception to the language of a convergence of black swans. Because uh, the term "black swan," uh, you know, presents an image in people's mind where they respond to that this was the uh, a natural unfolding of in- unintended consequences. It it establishes that premise in your mind that this is a natural unfolding of random events and unintended consequences. I, I don't think the evidence supports that. Uh, so uh I, I think this is a a, a leveraged operation, uh, to tell you the truth. Yeah.
2: Yep. Well we'll never Please. know. We'll never know. We can speculate I guess till the cows come home. Wow. Yeah, Bob, welcome man. Wow. Be in Hello gentlemen. You know, what to yeah.
5: what Daryl was talking about reacting instead of uh problem solving. Res- it's the exact same advice that everybody grieving is given after somebody dies. Don't make any rash decisions. Don't just let the pathos of the moment override your logic. Just step back. Think about it logically. Don't let your emotions control what's going on. Very similar concept. Um, (laughs) you probably saw this report, uh, I think I found it on uh, SGT, and maybe you've already talked about it when you were talking about the vaccines, the the part where the uh, vessel, the Navy, U.S. Navy vessel, had total 100% compulsory vaccination. Guess what they came down with?
2: All of them. (laughs) They had to quarantine the ship, didn't
5: they? Exactly. Well, it was not anything particularly dangerous. They all came down with the mumps. Woo-hoo. Right. But the point is, it was 100%. They had total control over the situation, yeah. and it only proves the point that it's preposterous to think that these things work as efficaciously, if at all. And... well. What, well, what didn't, uh, Chris, I didn't see that on Bob, NBC or Roger. CNN or ABC. It just didn't happen.
2: When Chris well, was just, talking about the Roger, earlier, Roger Bob, I go was going to add, didn't that come from the Pasteur Institute vaccines? Yeah. Louis Pasteur and that big Pasteur Institute in Paris? I think that's where vaccines came from. Maybe wrong, but it seems Sulk. like to me.
4: Salk. 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 Mr. Salk.
2: <laughs> no, he was the polio. Vac- he was he was the polio yeah. vaccine, right? Yeah. But, well, but he wasn't vaccine. Yeah. Period. So, wasn't. L- l-
4: listen, Roger. Yeah, R- Roger. Go, go back. Go back to the first half hour of your conversation when you're talking about Italy and what the real scientists are saying. Okay. Uh, here, here, you, you. I mean, I, I, I wanted, I wanted uh, look at that a minute. You know, I, I don't think. Uh, I'm still open-minded about this uh, I believe there's a very high probability due to the rise in consciousness and and outliers like the uh, the Italians saying, oh, oh, wait a minute, okay, wait a minute there's no efficacy in this, as a matter of fact it demonstrates just the opposite this, this in and of itself is evidence to uh, that they did see this coming and uh, so uh, <clears throat> I I believe that uh, th- this could this could be their uh, their Rubicon or the bridge too far their Waterloo and and having gone too far having uh, remember you know we were talking you know uh, last year that the timeline and their event line has converged okay and and this is exposes them because at at this point they they have to make uh, definite progress in a linear fashion and and uh, th- this is this exposes them if you, if you think strategically, you understand at this point, they they're at a critical juncture where they're out of tolerance. There's no more tolerance for them. And this this raising consciousness and and for example, exactly what you were talking about with the Italians uh, is is evidence of this. Uh, now, we, we have other information. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys are aware of it or not, but uh, this this wonderful Canadian lady named Amazing Polly, who does some really amazing research, uh, runs a 45-minute program last night, uh, hot off the press, and she's tying back into last year, last year. The uh pandemic exercise sponsored by Bill and Melinda Gates mm-hmm. from the Gates of Hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's more evidence. Here's more evidence. I I I would propose uh that uh, people like her and Mr. Rappaport and any number of different other um uh, uh known and unknown individuals, including uh Robert Kennedy's son, uh are uh uh, we're we're going to reach a critical mass on this on this very point. Uh, so I, I I think there's potentially, uh, the, you know, great, great exposure. I think they're at more risk with this than they have been anything else they've tried to done because they're doing this worldwide. So, you may by the right. way, yeah, I'm,
5: this word pandemic, this word pandemic, it sounds so disastrous. You can have a pandemic as something that's not even terribly uh, virulent. Pan means overall. Mm-hmm. If you say worldwide pandemic, you're being redundant. But it's, it's taken on the yeah. connotation of it's a pandemic. Oh, it's, it's, it's oh. terrible. Well, it, We're all yeah. going to die. No, it just means everybody's got the most. It's it doesn't the, mean you're going to die. It it's means an, it's overall.
2: It's another one of those words they <laughs> can weaponize.
5: Oh, yeah 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 Equivocate.
4: Well, yeah. Yeah. weaponized yeah All right. well it's, it, it's just yeah. another way to manage your perception so the same you know what's the other big words uh semitic anti-semitic and um holocaust well these are weaponized words uh racism you know racist these are weaponized words uh gay it's a weaponized these this this illustrates this There's, you see a pattern here uh All, you know always so they, but uh, the the point, the point why these uh, word terms, weaponized word terms are employed is to manage your perception. It allows you to propagandize, propagandize yourself. OK, uh, nobody probably listening to this show or the people that talk here or, or engage uh, would ever consider, consider themselves to be uh, vulnerable to propaganda. But you are. And and you right. can you you can pro, you will propagandize yourself. You will actually start to believe your own BS at some point. And uh, uh, so you, we all have to be careful of that. You know, that's all I'm saying. Right?
0: Curiously, so. the uh, word term that you mentioned, holocaust, was first used in Ireland in 1860 to 1864. There was a fellow I think it was on Deanna's show. The other day, who was a deep researcher uh, from that particular area, and he identified this word. Yeah. Of course, this was later hijacked by those who call themselves Jews, but are not the uh, Synagogue of Satan. But as to Gerald's observation about this uh, uh, very curious fourth wave, Calabunga surfs up because these people are f-
1: uh,
0: shoreline for sure. And they already promoted it and devised it, engineered it to be amorphous, changing, whether it's changed by 5G or some other uh, extrapolation. We don't know exactly what the changing nexus is, but the fact that they're able to morph and become something new and more insidious uh, is very, very telling, but that is the Bill Gates of Pell Foundation and his yeah. other... Players that operated the
4: event. Yeah. Whatever it was called. Yeah, exactly, Chris. So if you go, if you went back into the 1800s and you were talking to uh, military planners and and political um, uh, action people in the in the 1800s, you would hear the term "stalking horse." A stalking horse. And this is uh, in, in my from my point of view, uh, it's not a Trojan horse. It's a stalking horse. And uh, it because a stalking horse provides camouflage and uh, and and this provides camouflage for uh, what they don't. You know, if we go back to what you've said, uh, I don't know, probably hundreds of times, Roger, they which is which is accurate. They uh, always try to get multiple multiples at what appears to be an event and uh as going back to what bob said uh if they can get you to react emotionally well then well here's the question uh when cows stampede uh are they being emotional at that moment are cows being emotional uh, or they're they're not chewing their cud and ruminating are they they are emotional and and this is what makes them dangerous so uh i uh I, you know, I would just advise caution on people who are demonstrating too much hysteria. And uh, um, I, I think that uh, last night, actually uh, watching Rick Wiles, I think they were walking on a narrow edge of uh, being almost hysterical. <laughs> and
2: uh, about this virus, so, uh, about the virus. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just. You know, I, I prefer to uh, you know go go into preparation and planning and process and and put a, a tolerance bubble around you, put an insulation bubble around you, yeah. and do it calmly and incrementally. Uh, at the very moment that you think you need to go fast, is that is the very moment you need that you to need to slower. slow yep. always, yourself down. At, the, at this at this moment, because because this is what happens when you when your body. And your mind start to race together and you think you're being very productive, uh, you're making mistakes. And so, uh, what I've observed and which is a, just a, a normal process of human factors. This is observable behavior that we train out of people is if you're moving fast, you are thinking slow. Uh, there's an inverse relationship here and, and you're not immune to it, by the way. It, it, I, I'm talking to every one of you here. When you start to do things, by emotion and feeling, or you're going fast, you will make mistakes. Every every last one of you, okay, none of you were immune to it. Okay, so in order to go fast, you have to slow down because when you're going, when you're moving slow, you're think you can allow you you can actually think clearer and quicker and more accuracy. This is in a stampede. It doesn't matter about accuracy, and and I'm saying. That this process that we've entered into here, this event, requires accuracy, and and they're trying to feed you information to uh, prime the well to be the ignition ignition trigger for reaction and not response. So mm-hmm. I, I know I'm I'm kind of I'm being kind of wordy here, but did you see? Uh, the, I'm talking uh, to you like I'm a training.
5: That,
2: pilot. Darryl. Yeah, Bob's going to reinforce. Let
4: me, it. let me
5: reinforce that, Daryl.
4: But we have
5: a particular situation buddy. in our business which requires backing up a combination or a straight truck. Either way, it doesn't matter. Tractor and wagon, whatever. And invariably, the people that come on the crew, oh yeah, I know exactly how to do it. No problem. I've done it a hundred times. They will do it and redo it and re-redo it ad nauseum to the danger of others when if they had slowed down, taken the long view, got it right the first time, we would have had it done and over with, and they would have been on their merry way. But they're unwilling to listen to reason and experience and say, look, don't, when they're backing up, and this applies to going forward, but it's more obvious when you're backing up, don't look right behind you. Look 100 feet behind you and aim at that, because that's a bigger picture. And too many people are willing to take a snapshot, take two two pixels out of the entire program and say, oh, I got it, I got it.
2: You know what that reminds me of? You know what what, your story reminds me of, Bob? Launching a boat.
4: Right.
5: I've never done it, so I'll
4: listen. Yeah that's a good that's a good example Roger you know what what bob is describing what bob is describing here is uh this thing called judgment uh they're not demonstrating yep. good judgment now they might even have skills and sometimes when you're highly skilled uh this you can be so highly skilled and so highly knowledgeable and so full of yourself that it affects your judgment now this be your what you think is a strength now becomes your vulnerability and I can play that, okay. And I would do it to people. I would play the fact that they thought they were really good, and I would do it to them in the in the simulator. I didn't do it in the airplane, but I would do it in the simulator to demonstrate them to bring them back to humility, humility to bring them back to humility oh, to understand that uh, they have to use, they have to use judgment and and judgment in yourself, okay and uh the most important the, the biggest safety device in an aircraft is the pilot no kidding right but this is this is lost people lose perspective on this so uh you know i uh I, i'm just I, I mean this is a good opportunity for me to employ in these conversations uh, i'm bringing it forward I'm, I'm talking rather forcefully about it but i know what I'm talking about as how it applies. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a biologist. I'm not a scientist. But I am a human factors instructor and trainer. Okay, and and I, I can literally spend time with you in in different situations and know more about you in a very short period of time than you're aware of yourself. Okay. Now this can be used either for weaponization or for your benefit. And this is what an instructor does. Okay. And and uh, uh, by the way, these these people who are our adversaries are brilliant at this. They're brilliant. They understand human factors and psychology. Uh, Ooh, are you kidding me? That uh, 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 they they are brilliant at this. And and for an example, I'll give you two really good examples of this perception management routine: uh, Glenn Beck and uh. uh Bimbo, uh I mean uh, Rambo. I, I I mean Limbo. limbaugh okay. Uh these people are experts at managing your perception. Okay? Experts at it. Uh Sean Hannity, he's an expert at managing your perception. Uh so um uh, hey, anyway. Hey, uh, Captain, I hope some of that made sense. Hey Captain, here's another <laughs> yeah. here's one of
2: your fellow aviators ran into a little problem they were on a flight to new jersey and it had to be diverted and the, because the person was coughing in the in the cabin and one of the other passengers panicked they had to take the flight back now i was going to ask you a question too uh this may yeah. be to me the death knell for boeing uh i noticed the other day that airbus had cut back their production schedule on one of their popular jets. And then I also noticed that there were, FAA was threatening to not let any Boeing planes fly, I think, until they got their software problem straightened out. Between the coronavirus, the impact on the travel business worldwide, and the financial and the purchase of new planes, this may, it may take Boeing down to a skeleton if not totally put it out
1: of the well, picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I
0: know.
4: Do what? Say it again.
0: Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I say, can I throw a bone to Darryl? I listened to a very, very strongly 28-year experienced quality control guy from Boeing that had been terminated because he was actually doing his job in Seattle. Uh, moved to I think South Carolina, where they had a no culture of critical thinking and assemblage techniques that were successful and pointing out all sorts of issues with the, I think, 737, maybe it was the 787, uh, and several other planes. And so I know that Gerald knows about these things, but this guy was right on the money, and it looks to me like Boeing is being driven into oblivion by intention from the top from insane policies meant to destroy the company and drive and concentrate, unify all Airbus business into one Managed, uh,
2: let me tell you by, uh, it uh, is it is ineptness because they put bean counters in charge who have wonderful exclusions in their contracts for golden parachutes and stock awards and all kinds of stuff and it's the pigs taking over the trough. That's what happened to Boeing. and the reason I say that, Chris, I saw it happen to the music industry I was involved same thing.
4: Yeah, well, I I mean, you you know, what you got. Go ahead.
0: I was going to draw it back to the virus.
2: that Chris, your muffle phone can't talk with Bob at the same time. Bob, what was your comment, and then we'll go to Chris.
5: I was going to draw the conversation back to the virus, and the headline that I saw also on uh, the but it had to do with the percentage, and I was shocked to realize, assuming this was true, and I haven't fact checked. And I haven't fact But, the, but the, the claim was that 99% of the tests were 60 years old and older, and that's that's pretty amazing. That's a very very persuasive
2: statistic. Which uh, of, of the deaths were older or what? I'm sorry, I'm having a fool with Chris. Yes, yes. Dropped off here. And I got
5: yes, to... the death. Not not the contraction of it. I don't know that that's... The point, well... But uh, the, the death... Please were leave
0: a message and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you.
5: Were, we're in incredibly high to the higher end of the age spectrum. And... You know, my daughters and my wife were looking at it all wondering, you know, what it means. And I said, well, take a look at some of the headlines and it looks terrible. But the fact is trying to not get it is okay. But just being, as you said the other day, keeping your immune system up's more important because that's something you can control.
2: I mean, I don't outside of Jim, and you know, I don't listen to Jim's show because it's all immediately after mine. I always got something to do, but uh, I guess Jim and I are about the only ones stressing that I've heard of the approach to this by keep, keeping your immune system healthy.
5: Yeah, I, I've been telling the girls that for the last few weeks. You know, don't worry about it. Jim.
2: Who are the who are the ones I that are susceptible them. if you're if you're over sixty and you've got three factors one was uh, diabetes and the other was uh, heart problems and maybe the other was some uh, i'm not sure what the the of the three main categories were but those were the real susceptible people well just don't be one of them you know well well well,
4: well, if bob brings out a really good point here roger is bob is bringing out a really good point here with uh uh, the response of, uh, you know, some of his uh, family members and uh, even people in the community around you, if you watch them and listen to their language, uh, you, you know, sort of prime the well, get them to talk and see what their their uh, basic inclinations are as towards uh, personal responsibility and uh, so-called government or agency responsibilities in relation to this Are are people – looking towards himself to take talking about active measures that they are taking internalized to them and how they're going to, they're going to proceed or, are have they already suspend suspended their will and, uh, their own, uh, responsibility and deferred that. Are they in demure to, uh, an expectation? Their expectation is that, you know, the government, uh, the the patron, the patri, parent patriae is going to take care of them. Uh, at this point, you will understand, even if they call themselves a conservative, if they are inclined towards this thinking, that they are actually subconsciously closet uh, socialist democrats uh, uh, living. <laughs>
5: Somebody should do something, Daryl. Somebody should do right. something. Right.
4: And, and that. That that very statement, that very statement right there indicates that you're, you're talking to uh, somebody who perceives himself as a victim and entitled and and entitled and probably a a uh, in the closet Lord socialist. The so.
2: <laughs> you know, I had a, I had a yeah. question for a yeah. story, yeah. a story that popped up yesterday about that priest in D.C., I read the little bit of the headline yesterday that it ch- shook hands with over 500 people on Sunday, and he was had coronavirus diagnosed on the next day because the cr- church canceled their services for the first time in 500 years. Chris's, both Chris's have joined us, one across the pond and one on our side here. Welcome to you two. Chris rejoined us. But how if you can have an incubacy period where we know you can get tested and checked and you don't have it and you do have it, how in the world, and also the severe shortage of tests all over our country to be able to test people, how did they test that guy from Sunday to Monday and, and declare that he had the coronavirus? Now, that's an interesting question right there.
4: Yeah, well... I I know. Hi, Chris. I know you're there. Let me let me address this a little bit. Hi, Chris. Let me address this a little bit, Roger. What what you just what you just described was a uh, a erratic, uh, illogical, uh, unperceptible, uh, open ended question, uh, nothing definable. Okay, so. In the course of doing this, uh, this is conditioning. This this information, this infoganda, is dif- disinformation. And every time somebody, over the course of this month and going forward, hears more contradictory and more contradictory and more contradictory information, every time this happens, yep. every time this happens to their mind and their input and their psyche, uh, they become uh, these are micro traumas. Micro traumas and they're cumulative. Every absolutely every last one of them, and at some point it will create sub. Uh, you won't even know the time that it happened, but at some point, if you're not inoculated against this, if you're not con- conscious of this process you will become to despair. You will become demoralized. Can I give an example? And that is victory. That is victory without a shot. Can I give an example
2: of what you're talking about is the old thing of spinning in the rabbit hole. Okay. You're down the rabbit hole. We're not talking to our people. We're trying. uh, Hopefully our people are out of the rabbit hole, but there are a bunch of people that are in it. Okay. And what it comes down to from a scientific explanation here is that you're under the effective condition response already and it's just like those guys said that I heard on the radio that time what the researchers have found is the more conditions that are added to the victim if you will the deeper the conditioning takes effect. Now, what is scientifically, what is that saying? They're spinning faster in the rabbit hole. They're in the rabbit hole, and they're spinning, but every time one of these comes along, they keep spinning faster, like a centrifuge.
4: Yeah, yeah. Pavlov's, Pavlov's dog in a vortex, Pavlov's dog in a exactly. vortex, and the result is this, the Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, this can't be over. If you think you understand what the Stockholm Syndrome is, Go back and reread about it. Yep. It's a very important. It sure is. It's very important. And this is this is the end result of participating in your own abuse through learned helplessness. Participating in your own abuse through learned helplessness. They should
2: have called it the Patty, Sounds Hurst, like, Patty Hearst Syndrome. People that identify more
4: well, with Well, it. it's... Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, it's 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 uh it's quite fascinating and and this here again this is about human factors again. Uh, and uh well, so it's spe- uh, specialization of on?
2: knowledge of the herd is one of their areas of expertise. Chris, how you been since last week? You didn't join us since last Wednesday, not our Chris uh, uh England England's Chris. You got a little confusion going on over there as usual. All
3: right. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, I hadn't realised that the time had changed, and I see you're halfway through. Uh, whereas it's still four o'clock in well, the afternoon. Uh, you usually on that?
2: You should have joined us yesterday. <laughs> you could have gotten half a <laughs> show. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I understand mm-hmm. you're talking about the coronavirus. Yeah, well, we're talking and
2: about that was my—it's mighty, oh, it's mighty to topical for sure. Did you hear the oh, first right. part with my question about Italy? Why why are they targeting Italy? And and that a story yeah. on the vaccines and stuff—pretty interesting. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> since you're over there,
3: uh, well, I'm not over there today, but I, well, I mean, in the EU, in yeah. that
2: part of the world
3: yeah did you notice when they talk about Italy anything about the coronavirus, the number of freeze that crop up? They talk about thirty three year old men or in China thirty three million people in lockdown uh it's all freeze, you know, pointing to the Masonic connection,
2: you know and I, I- I, I saw a video I, with something that told that identified why they call it the 33rd degree. Have y'all ever heard that before? Yeah, it's very interesting. It's the difference in the solar and the lunar calendar. And the way they treat yeah. the solar calendar, they add a little bit and it keeps it in sync, but if they don't treat the solar calendar. It doesn't change until 33 years and get back in adjustment. And that's the why they call it the 33rd degree. Have y'all ever heard uh, that before? No, I hadn't heard of that particular instance, no. Very interesting. It was on, uh, I, I think it was on a Robert Seffer. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, uh, you, uh, the, this archaeologist, this kind of alt archaeologist that we've glommed onto, that does these little short videos. I believe it was in an hour long recent Robert Seffer video talking about the truth of historical archaeology or something. And it was very interesting. But I'd never heard that before and I'd never seen it. I stopped the video and went back and re-listened to it but that's what they were talking about is the Masons derived that from the difference in the solar and the lunar calendar pretty interesting
3: the the other thing I I did hear about the number 33 I don't know if you've heard of it Roger and Daryl that it it was the the nearest whole number to a third of a hundred and represents the Third of the fallen angels that were cast down to earth. I don't know if you heard that
4: one. Yeah. It? Well, I have. Yeah, I have. Uh, <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious, Chris, you're sure. opening up a can of worms here. You know, you understand that, don't you? You're yeah. Really, oh, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, listen. You can you can read uh, Miller's book, A Volume One and Volume Two. And uh, pretty much uh, blow a half of your year, uh, and uh, it's it's rather deep. Uh, you know the the whole Freemasonry aspect of this, and it's interesting that it ties into the to the uh, Orient Masonry that uh, overwhelmed Europe and uh, overtook uh, uh, you know uh, England and France and uh, and so on and so forth. And Germany uh, took over the Blue Lodges and. Uh, and then it's interesting that Zionism comes out of you know basically uh, uh, Britain, and uh, and who are these people? Well, they're they're Masons, and so we, I'm going somewhere with this where it, you know, connects a, a couple of the bigger dots here is that this goes back to uh, Kabbalah, okay, mm-hmm. and Gematria, mm-hmm. and and divination, and um, you know, for those of you who fiddle around in astrology and numerology and all this other hocus pocus and eh, 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 don't be doing that okay because this is called divination okay and you, you, you're not supposed to be involved in it if you're looking for insight and perception i uh, try getting on your knees okay and uh doing that but this is this all of this is uh, so so that they might be gods, and they they explore uh, numerology, gematria, and Kabbalah and divination to to acquire access to secret knowledge. Uh, this is the the secret schools, the mystery societies, and of course Freemasonry and and all of its derivatives, Skull and Bones, and the uh, the the one at Yale, and so on and so forth. So, um, you know. I, I've I've looked into enough of this. I, I don't seldom ever talk about it, but you cracked the door open. Thank you, Chris. That uh, you can go okay. through every number through, you know, one through a 100, and they have a special purpose for it. Okay? Oh. <laughs> There's n- none of these numbers. You know, 88. 88 is a big one. Uh, 12 is a big one. Uh, you know, uh, on and on and on. So, well
3: the thing I would say is that by knowing that uh, you can, uh, it's like the enemy's code. If you can read their code, uh, most people wouldn't uh, uh, think anything about all the freeze. But you can see the enemy's fingerprint on the event, and also. Um, uh, the Bible is full of special numbers, especially in prophecy and like everything, the satanic people uh, take over biblical things and put it oh, yeah. to bad purpose. the same with uh, astrology but the the zodiac is is uh, part of the Bible what they call the Mezarof and it's uh, the history and future, of god's people written in the skies uh,
4: yeah, so, well, uh,
3: uh, so you yeah. you've got to be careful and and uh likewise, you talk about the sun and the moon, well the enemy worship it's, it's it's on the like has the lunar calendar, whereas the uh god's people work on the solar calendar that's why. The Bible refers to the, those the children of the night, and the, the children of the light, and the children of the darkness, cause evil, light, yeah. darkness. That's my take. Well,
4: you well, you know you're making really good points, Chris. I I don't disagree with that. Uh, as, as I understand what you said, uh, if you look at the symbology in Freemasonry, every most uh, most uh, uh, people that. Uh, you know, sort of woken up, uh, will recognize the, uh, the square and the compass. So, okay, this is yeah. Freemasonry. Well, uh, look closer. You have Joachim and Boaz. Those are the pillars. Uh, you have the arch over the top of it. Where do you, where do you find that? Well, you find, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, you find that in France, you know, the Arch to Triumph. Well, what is that? Well, it's the gates of, gates of hell, actually. Uh, Ball, uh, Nimrod, uh, uh, what else do you have? Well, you have the you have the, uh, who good, y- you who have the scimitar. Who guarded? You, you have. Who you guarded? Have the,
2: who guarded the uh, gates of hell?
4: The well, the dogs. Cerebus. Cerebus. <laughs> the dogs. Cerebus. Yeah, the dogs. There's there's two of there's <laughs> two of Okay. so you have the you have the moon worship in Freemasonry symbology, too. So you these goofy guys, uh, they wear their silly fez hats. Uh, Isn't that Arabian? Isn't that what is that? Is that Middle Eastern or something? And they got they got the moon on there. Right. And the the scimitar and it represents the moon. So they're into moon worship. Well, who's the moon? Well, this is the fallen star, the, the east. Uh, what is the female uh, association with Freemasonry? The eastern star. And I saw it fall from the heavens. Okay. Who is this? This is all Luciferian worship. Punchline. Huh. There's, there's, Lucifer, there it is. Okay. Lucifer, and they star
2: have. of the morning.
4: Yeah. So uh, uh, this all is right in front of you. And Chris makes up a really good point. Well, both Chris's uh, almost always do. Is that this uh, not only the numbers, but the symbology and the context of how they present it to you in uh, in printed word and magazine, and uh, obviously uh, TV and movie? If you, you want to, uh, if you want to just have a fantastic trip down the rabbit hole and understand some of this, uh, you know, review uh, uh, Back to the Future. Uh, those that that whole series of movies is just one big Freemason Kabbalistic exercise, and it's all the way through it, and all movies, and there's continuity in all of it. So, um,
2: <laughs> I know Daryl. Let,
5: me, you know, let, let me bring up a point.
2: Okay, bring it up, Bob.
5: Let me bring up a let me bring up a point. You know, people uh, somehow or another, we have. At once a fascination with the supernatural and a disbelief that it applies to us, you know, uh, the idea that miracles no longer happen, et cetera, et cetera. This has been a number of years ago, but it just, if the example is just stellar, if you'll excuse the expression. <laughs> it, I A friend it. of mine <laughs> is talking about the. Fa- <laughs> I'm glad somebody got it. the fact that. <laughs> You know, he was just one night, he was just kind of bored. He'd been, he was in the middle of a divorce, and he was just feeling blue. He calls up some hocus-pocus line. I mean, sorry, horoscope line. And he said, Bob, it was just amazing. She knew things there was no way she could have known. And to him, that meant that it was good. And I said, don't you get it? It's not that amazing. It's, 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 do you believe the Bible at all? It's, it's through that entire thing. Of course the dark side has power. Just because you haven't noticed it before doesn't mean that since power exists, it's necessarily good. But, I mean, he was falling for it. He'd been raised in church. He'd fallen away. But the idea was, well, gosh, if they've got power, it must be good how gullible we are and it's not only him it's the, no. the society the human nature is wow i don't know how that happened but that's fascinating i'm i'm attracted to power and i i cautioned him i said man you got to understand that it's real but just because it's real doesn't mean it's good there's a flip side to everything i just wanted to make that point a lot of people are fascinated by you know the fact that there's this power. Well, okay, any kind of power can be used for good or ill. I mean, electricity can either, you know, be your servant or electrocute you. Which do you choose? You well, know, use it wisely.
1: If 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 Ooh, I'd
4: like to if say, you profess Regan, to be a Christian, then you have to believe. Yeah, I'm sorry. Roger. No, I was Go just
2: ahead. going to say, seek power inside, not outside. You can empower yourself.
4: Well. I, I, I seek power from the Lord because every time I try to use mine, I I, uh, I mess it up. Uh, I, I pray to do his will. And uh, exactly what Bob is talking about here is uh, covered here um, uh, in, in Ephesians. And, uh, you know, in 511, it says, And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And uh, it also, uh, it, it you know, Scripture says, you know, we struggle against not flesh and blood, but uh, powers and principalities, and and uh, so on and so forth. There, and and if if you are a a Christ professing uh, Christian and call Him by Your name, uh, you you have and and then to deny that that these other powers exist. Well, the whole book is about the supernatural power and and the adversary. Right. Can you not read exactly. and not understand? Are you not taking this literal? Or do you think that this, this is just a figurative uh, 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 parables and, and anecdotes? Okay, well you, you're deceived. You. You're, you're already you, you've already lost the game. Uh, you've lost. Yep. You've lost the narrative, or maybe you never had it. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of how I know the supernatural exists. I experienced it. And I experienced it in real time, and I have witnesses to it. And I've, I've said this once before on here. Uh, I think this is a good time to say it again. Uh, five years ago, um, I experienced a horrible wreck on a motorcycle at 100 miles an hour. Okay, I was doing a test on a $40,000 bike, custom bike that was built by somebody else. And uh, we'd worked on it. We thought we had it fixed. We fixed the wrong thing. Yeah, I made a mistake uh, and I didn't find the thing that was actually wrong, but I, I, I did find something was wrong, but I didn't find the thing that was actually wrong. The thing that was wrong was that the rear swing arm that connects the back tire and swing arm to the frame was busted and we couldn't see it. And uh, we thought we had it fixed and I'm test riding it before I give it back to the customer and he's following me in his car and, and uh, I turned this thing loose and at uh, at 100 miles an hour uh the, the 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 rear tire wants to come off okay the the it's not tracking right anymore it's got a mind of its own and it's swinging me back and forth and uh i fight this thing for about a quarter mile i can't slow down because when i slow down it gets worse and when i speed up it gets worse i'm stuck at 100 finally the thing comes apart and uh i'm doing 100 okay and the bike goes out of control, and I hit the ground, and it hits the ground. And I know I'm on the ground because the bars aren't beating me up anymore. Okay. It was, it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty intense moment. And, and I, 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 I relax. Uh, I know I'm on the ground because, well, uh, the, the bike's not being violent anymore. And uh, the last thing I remember. Remember, is saying to myself, relax, and I just let go of the handlebars. I consciously relaxed and I let go of the handlebars. That's the last thing I remember. The bike travels over hundred yards down the road before it goes off the ditch, launches itself into the air, and takes out a tree. Uh, I continue to go down the road beside it, uh, five feet away to the left of it, not behind it, to the left of it. Of course, I don't know all this because uh, I. I'm I'm not knocked out, but I don't remember any of it. The guy behind me sees it all. <laughs> the owner of the bike, and uh, he's an EMT medic uh, from Atlanta. Uh, he's an EMT supervisor, so I, I guess I picked the right guy to have him following me, huh? And uh, I, I finally come to a stop, past where the bike went off the road. So it was probably I traveled 120 yards on concrete, decelerating from 100 miles an hour. Uh, this is important. Keep this in mind. So I, I slowly drift off to the right side of the road and uh, I uh, hit the gravel and I roll over on my face with my hands outstretched face down. And that's where I come back to consciousness. And, OK, so I, I sort of go, OK, what happened? Oh, yeah, I was in a wreck. OK, well, here I am. And then I flipped over on my back and I took a big breath. And then Pablo is standing over the top at me, screaming at me to not move. So uh, anyway, uh, a couple of points of interest here. I won't bore you with all the risks. I I won't make this go on for another 20 minutes. Uh, I'm taken to the hospital in Rome, Georgia, and there's nothing wrong with me. (laughs) Okay. I I don't have any injuries. Um, And uh, they... uh, Like with all wrecks, they had cut all my clothes off of me. The only thing that was saved was my boots. They cut everything else off, but I I got to take them home. So anyway, Pablo uh, actually, you know, the owner of the bike that just got destroyed, uh, brings me back home about 10 o'clock at night, back to my house here. And he stays with me for a week. Okay, because even though I don't have any I'm not busted up, I'm really sore. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, uh, and he, he hangs out. We're actually very good friends, and uh, so we get home later that night, and we're we're in the house here, and we're talking. And he, I said, "Well, you you saw everything. What happened?" He starts telling ta- telling me about it, and he starts crying. I go, "Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I ruined your bike, you know." And he goes, "No, no, that is that isn't it, dear." I go, well, "Well, what?" He goes, "Well, shut up and let me tell you." And I said, "Okay." And and so he says, well, he says, the bike went out of control and you got it back. And I go, yeah, I remember that. And he says, it went out of control again and you recovered again. And I go, yeah, I remember that. And he says, the last time it went out of control, it laid down on its left side and you let go of the bike. And I go, I remember that. And he says, but he says, what happened is he says, it looked like somebody came down, grabbed you by the neck of the neck, picked you up over the top of the bike and set you beside it. And you went down that highway on your butt with your feet in the air and your hands in the air, and you slid on your butt all the way down that highway until you hit the gravel. He said, you didn't flip, you didn't spin, you didn't do anything, and you went all the way down. I go, yeah. Is that what happened? He goes, yeah, that's what happened. I says, well, why are you crying? Because he says, that ain't right. He says, what I saw ain't right. And, of course, I knew what had happened. Okay, I knew what had happened then. Okay, particularly when you look at my clothes because they weren't damaged. I didn't have my 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 overalls weren't damaged. My gloves weren't. Da- I didn't have any damage on my clothes. I floated down the damn highway basically. Okay, you don't you don't hit the ground at 100 miles an hour and s- slide 120 yards and not be torn to shreds. Okay, use some sense here. Use some common sense. What what happened? That was a supernatural event. That was absolutely. If you don't believe, if you don't believe in the Father, if you don't believe that this is real, then you, you, you. Uh, I'll pray for you, but I, I don't need. I don't need faith. I know, and I know I'm supposed to be doing my Father's work, and this is why He didn't save me for my fleshly desires and my big ideas and my big mouth. Okay, he saved me to do the work. And and I'm I'm sharing with you a supernatural event that happened to me. And it affected everybody else around that saw it. Okay? So these things are real. Okay? And uh so I, I don't need it I I don't need any more convincing. Okay, I get it <laughs> You know, so there you, there you have it. That, well, I my, think that qualifies as a testimonial. It does. That's a testimonial.
2: <laughs> and it's a it's a heck of a story. Uh, I don't know that you went into that much detail last time you told us that. But I would just add, you know, my accident 10 years ago last month in Argentina. And I, it, if it wasn't for that being saved through that automobile accident, which I was the cause of, I wouldn't be here today. And that is what opened the door for me to get this information out, okay? So, uh, in in a sense, I look back on that incident for me the same way that you do on that one for you. And uh, um, that's why one of the reasons personally that I do this with a lot of zeal is I think it's the only reason I'm still here.
4: All right. right. So, you, you should be about your father's work. And time is short, you know. If you're our age, forever's not as long as it should be. You know, for for all practical purposes, you know, we're we're walking dead men, and you better get with it, okay? Uh, uh, rehearsal's about over, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you know, so you know, it, it can be a lot of fun. I, I uh, uh, yeah. you know, it, uh, it's fun for me to do to do my to do the work that I I'm supposed to be doing. It's fun for me to do it, you know. And, uh, uh, I, I, just have to, I just have to listen to, uh, uh, I just have to listen to my father. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm a wise guy, but you know, he can use whoever he wants to. <laughs> if I can you know. chime in here, uh, it's not without observation
0: that there were higher powers looking over me, else I wouldn't have walked away unscathed from two egregious abuses of mass that they forced unsuccessfully trying to provoke me to violence so they can murder me. And yeah, being a walking dead man, it kind of removes your fear from dying. You know, you know that you're doing the work of the truth and trying to seek the truth and the light, the creator and share the truth with everyone. So you really just go forward without any fear whatsoever, basically. I mean, you use common sense and try not to put yourself in harm's way. But when others, the principalities of evil, come after you, uh, you really don't have any choice except for relying on higher powers to protect you.
4: Yeah. Well, Chris. Chris. Uh, so if we go, we go, we go to the Lord's prayer. We go, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy Thy will, not yours. Thy will. Whose will? His will. Thy will be done. I I, I pray that every day. Okay, as I'm supposed to. And I pray for his will, not mine. Okay. I pray for him to restrain me and boldness. rebuke me and provide for boldness and and insight and that I do his will. I never pray for mine. I am not to be trusted. <laughs> okay. You you don't want my will. Okay. Good service. I I, pr-, I pray for his will and I don't trust other men's wills either unless they've shown they've shown it in their heart and their spirit that they're doing his will okay that's you know that's my that's my standard okay there's the standard right there <laughs> so I know it's turned into, it turned into a Bible meeting didn't it Roger well it, good it, enough yeah good
2: it has you know it has a tendency to do that gravitate to that direction pretty often
4: well I, I think it's it's important for us to understand, you know, uh, what our intent, objective, and and whose purpose are we serving, okay? And I, I I think you know sometimes you need to, you know, in 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 the aviation, you know, we call that swinging the compass. Every once in a while, you know, every so many, every so many times a year, you have to pull your airplane over to the compass rose and uh, and check it a- a- against accuracy, okay? You <laughs> and and then invariably every time that you will go check your compass on the compass rows uh, it'll it'll be, uh, it'll be a variation and there's a little card that you fill out and you fill in the uh, the error so that you can adjust for that in flight and it's called a deviation and it's it's always it's always occurring in our lives that things are wanting to cause deviations in our course. Our course is always being deviated with by deviance, with dementia. <laughs> and, Joe Biden. And malice yeah, of Quit Quit pro-Joe Joe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, this is, this is premeditated, premeditated conscious trespass uh, on, the, uh, on the creation. Well, who's that? Well, I, I'm the creation of the Lord God, our Father. I'm not the creation of some, uh, uh, some uh, uh, Vatican Trust corporation operating out of D.C. I'm not their creation. Okay, let's be clear about this. This is this is this is the delineation. okay. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, you you absolutely can't confuse the person of the of the Constitution of the United States of 1791 with uh, who people are defined as now in, in this system. Okay, there's a delineation there. There's with malice of forethought. This was done with malice of forethought and they did it at the very moment and the date was 1862 and the rump congress in, the, in D.C. that's exactly when that word was redefined okay to, to, be in, to the import that it is now well I know who I am I am not one of them goats I'm a sheep and I know my father's voice <laughs> alright here's your choice okay and uh, I'm not an either or kind of guy, but in this case, I am. I'm an either or. Uh, this is a this is an accurate uh, dialectic. This is an accurate one. Dialectics aren't all bad. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. They've been weaponized. Hegel Hegel was really onto something. He really understood something and they realized it and weaponized it. OK, Hegel was a brilliant philosopher. Uh, uh, but uh, it. This information, this understanding was incorporated and leveraged and weaponized to extreme benefit. Uh, so you you have to separate your, your mind, your perception, your understanding, your perspective from this. You know, uh, are you a sheep or a goat? Are you that person? Or are you this person? There is a direct corollary here. Uh, you serve them because if you accept... If you accept their persona, you're their creation. That's exactly okay? right. You, you accepted it. That's okay? I
2: keep trying to hammer on. This is your decision. It's not theirs. And every time somebody oh, you're, sends you're one of those yeah. affidavits and the Secretary yeah. of State gets it up there, you have put them on trial, and they have stood moot.
4: Yeah. Oh, what's the corollary? Uh, every when, when you choose when you choose to serve the Father, okay, and be saved by His Son Jesus Christ by the blood of by the blood of Christ and the crucifixion, and the remission of sin, okay, uh, you've chosen, all right. So it, uh, but but listen, I, I can't tell you to do that, okay. I can't tell you to do that, and nobody can do it for you just there there's this direct you see this direct corollary here don't you Roger it's, it's, this is a one to one corollary relationship between the spiritual and the physical and this is how it plays out this is how it manifests itself from the figurative to the literal okay this is this is this is it right here <laughs> okay and 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 whenever there's a conflict between those two you need to check your compass <laughs> There you go. Uh, you, I'm going to take a break. All right.
3: I'm going to take a break. Talking about left and right, do you, have you come across that verse in the Bible? It's, I believe it's in Ecclesiastes. It says, The heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. Thus saith the Lord. Yeah. A lot
1: He's
3: of yeah. uh, fools on the left.
4: Is that... Is that Proverbs, Chris? Is that Proverbs?
3: Ecclesiastes. Oh, I'll just look at ten two, but it's from the NIV. I I don't usually go on that, but it'd be saying a similar thing.
2: Oh, I think Samuel. I think Samuel got his foot in the door, didn't you, buddy?
1: Yeah, I had a question for a query for Chris across the pond. What does he make of Alan Wilson saying that Jesus Christ is buried in Wales? That
2: he what, sorry? That Jesus Christ is buried in Wales.
3: Well, we all know he rose, and um, I I rather think uh, because somebody has pointed out, I don't know if you've heard of the uh, no, I've forgotten who the researcher was, but Evidently, there were several Jesuses, but actually uh, Christ was known as uh, uh, Yeshua, God saves, which means in the Hebrew. And, um, I mean, there's, there's uh, if you read Comynes Bowman's book, you'll find that a lot of the things they talk about in the Bible actually happened in the UK. It was Constantine who moved it uh, to, to the Middle East to enhance his uh, position and improve and improve uh, tourist trade uh, because they then discovered where Jerusalem was because I understand that up to that point nobody knew where it was.
1: According to Alan Wilson, um, he even includes a hobbled man that is in that burial ground and he says he knows where it was. Yeah, uh, and that of course Jesus had his legs broken um, so um, and he goes into the point of uh, him being given hyssop on the cross and that could have made him appear dead I mean this is, these are things that he is saying I don't know if you've seen that particular video uh, but, I,
3: I, I've seen a lot of his and I have heard about him saying that Jesus Christ was uh, born uh sorry buried in Wales but I mean it could well have ta- been enacted out of the, uh, there but of course it says the uh bible says he rose and the grave was empty yes, uh, yes. Uh, and uh you can imagine in in some years because the enemy hated uh christ uh they might have you know, when anything got gone quiet, put somebody else in the tomb and then later say, oh, well, he didn't rise, he's, he's in the stoop tomb still. But uh, I, and he did say, and I, I think it's quite feasible, uh, he thinks the um, Ark of the uh, Covenant is actually buried in Wales. There's an area that's sealed off and... Nobody's allowed yep. to excavate there. I don't know if you heard that one. No.
1: Yes. And the and the upper beam. I you know, I mean a lot of people say there was no cross, it was the stavos, an upright stake, right? Well yeah. he was dragging he was dragging something as a burden up to the Stavos and they say there's like a five foot beam buried in Wales that Constantine's wife brought there.
2: Yeah.
3: But she was supposed to. They show it as a cross, don't they? Whereas the Bible, when you translated it, it, was like a stake, you know, just a single, and maybe a small cross with a, you know, cross bit with the name of the.
1: the well, well of the the way. The way I always extrapolated that is that beam, I would think it was a 110-pound beam in my religious exercises that he dragged while he was going on to the way to Calvary, and uh, he was given a helper because the burden was getting to be too much. And I'm assuming the efficiency of the Romans, they didn't put a new stake in the ground every time they wanted to draw a man up on it. They just dragged that beam up there onto that upright stake, which made the cross. And then later, that beam is what came down with him. Um,
3: Yeah, that uh, that sounds quite feasible. Yeah, that could well be. But evidently, um, well, according to Commons Spomalton, because he had access to documents, other people, didn't have to because he was one of the elite families and he was also a journalist. We eventually got sacked because he was revealing things they didn't want people to know about. Uh, did say that uh, uh, Constantine uh, previously hid various artifacts in the area they decided would be Jerusalem. And uh, then he miraculously sends his wife, no, it wasn't his wife, it was his mother, because he wasn't married, uh, to to that area. And she miraculously discovers it. So they proclaim that that's the true Jerusalem, and we found the site where Christ, where we've also got this cross.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: And and evidently it was... uh, Uh, carried around various villages and towns in Wales, and and where it was paraded, even today, they have the work, you know, it's like a village cross keys and cross this and cross that. And they say that was on the Helena's parade around uh, that part of Wales.
2: A lot of hidden history over there in that little island across the pond. Hey, Daryl, here's an update on the aviation stuff. Uh, new headline COVID contagion spreads. American, Delta, Spirit, and United all pull guidance. I don't know what pull guidance means, but there's a comment that says slash flights. So there's uh, more ripple effect yeah, well, in the well, aviation that. industry yeah. there. Do what, Daryl?
4: Yeah, the common the common denominator is is when they're serving the same, they're serving the same uh, hub and spoke or original and destination, they're they're serving the same trip trip lines and uh, so they're all in common and they're canceling those uh, they're they're pulling those from the schedule. Uh, You know, aviation planning and logistics is incredibly complicated and uh, makes it it makes or breaks the uh, the the bottom line of profitability. And it it typically has to be done. uh, The long range planning on it has to be done on a quarterly basis. I mean, if you if you think you're going to make a quick move in the airline business on a route, uh, you know, if that occurs in a. uh, a six month period from uh, initiation to end. And that's a, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big deal. Obviously it's easier to undo something than it is to uh, create a, a, a system like that. But um, th- this serves many purposes is because, uh, you know, I have a number of friends who are still in the airline business, uh, uh, you know, presently. And uh, I talk with them and, uh, you know, there is a, uh, uh, there's a glut of pilots. There's, there's too many pilots now. And this always worries pilots because, well, the next thing happens is that you get furloughed, which is kind of like a layoff and these layoffs have a habit of becoming permanent. <laughs> so,
2: uh, well, it's going so to be uh, uh, the effects on our lives directly and indirectly. We still don't know about, but this thing's going to be around a long time and it's moving real fast. A lot of things are happening. You were talking yeah. about that earlier, Daryl. A lot of things are moving real fast. Remember, it was just two weeks ago on a Friday that we mentioned this when Brent was on. I said, keep a heads up on this virus that's breaking out of China. That was two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And look what's happened since.
4: Yeah. Well, I, I just want to leave people with uh, the uh, uh, three words. And, and just keep it to yourself and ask yourself repeatedly every time you hear this. Problem, reaction, solution. Oh, man.
2: There's our whistler, boys. Oh, our had two had hours no of dialogue is over for the day. I want to sure thank everybody that participated, took time out of your day to come be with us or listen to it later and uh, covered a lot of ground today, as usual. I'm hoping that Paul will be ah. with us tomorrow. We'll see if he can free himself up and get on with us and, get a little bit of another fellow englishman's view to mr chris thanks chris for joining us by the way thank you and uh, i'll see y'all tomorrow we'll see what happens between now and then i got about an extra hour to pad before our lunch today so that's going to be a nice change i'll see y'all manana in la manana 10 o'clock eastern time same time same station see you then Ah. have a great day
0: i the love used to
5: Mother Earth
3: will swallow you, lay your ball.
5: swallow